dear listeners, welcome to the ECM podcast. I'm Caroline Fontanieu, and I'm very happy to host this series that will take you behind the scenes of new music on ECM Records. In this new episode, I'm welcoming British drummer and composer Seb Rochford. We met virtually to discuss his latest ECM record, produced by Manfred Eicher, and recorded with Keith Downs, A Short Diary. Seb talks about loss, grief, and how the music of this special album came to him. First of all, I wanted to know about the process of creation related to the loss of his father. I was actually with my father when he passed, and then um, literally the next day, just music just started coming to me uh, a lot. And um, I didn't at first. I didn't. I didn't want to write it down or. You know, I remember someone saying to me at the time, saying, oh, um, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing what music you create from this. And my my initial reaction was like, oh, I don't want to create music from this, you know, it's nice. But then it just started, just kept coming. So I sort of went to the piano and played it on the piano. And then I realized that, that it was actually really sort of comforting for me. So I just sort of went with it, and I had a little manuscript, um, like a little manuscript booked with me. So I sort of wrote them down, and then I made recordings of me playing them. And then, at that point, I didn't even know it was going to be what it didn't have any purpose other than, you know. And it's and you know, I think like because my my mom passed when I was eighteen, and I think that's what I just interested. That's what I did at that point as well. I just kind of dived straight into sort of music as being my I think it's always being my sort of comfort place I guess like the it's always a place of reliability for me of feeling good I guess or understanding what it is that I'm feeling and that's what when I was writing that music it was it was exactly what I was feeling and and the vibrations of playing the piano was just like yeah it was a way of feeling that that's feeling that and in a way that's what The writing of it was more, I was thinking of it more like vibrations, like what vibrations fit into me, my feeling, rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to play this chord or like everything, everything had to fit, you know. Well, actually, no, as well, like my dad was really into classical music and he liked a particular harmony. And I think I was, it was in my mind probably that for one, definitely the first tune on that album, I was thinking of what he liked, you know, he liked twists and turns, harmonically. Before that, Uh, in the past, I don't know, 20 years. When you composed music, when you wrote music, were you thinking about what am I going to compose, what I'm going to write, or is it something that always came to you more organically? Yeah, I definitely, I don't ever force music to come. Either comes or it doesn't. I sort of, yeah, I just kind of hear it. I don't know where it comes from. I sometimes think the music is just always passing through us and we're just sort of catching it. And I got into the habit of, like, because when I first came to London, I didn't have anywhere to live. And um, I didn't have any instruments with me. I hadn't, you know, but but I really wanted to still. So I used to, I like, actually, I made a bit of manuscript paper. I made a little book and I sewed it up and, like, like, drew on all the lines. And I used to go and sit in the park and just sort of listen to my own hand, I guess, and then write down what it is. And that's how I started writing for my band. And then I felt like that process was it wasn't like I was I was letting an instrument dictate to me or, or help me find what it was 
it was purely like felt like the most true thing to what I was hearing or feeling. But for this project, um, so you you called it a short diary, a short diary loss, and as you said, it's it's music that you wrote after your dad passed, and you're saying that it it was a way for you to to find comfort in this loss, in this grief. Was it a way for you to also remember him or more remember how you felt when this happened? Yeah, definitely the feeling of how, how I was, how, how that time felt for me, because it felt very, very, you know, I think of anyone who's, I mean, uh, you know, for me, losing, losing my parents, quite a, parents is quite a, something that, you know, they'll never forget that sort of, so it was a way of documenting that time, I guess, in a time where sometimes you don't really know what's going on really in some ways and, and to express it with words sometimes doesn't feel and also there's lots of stuff to do at that time you know I don't know whether like that sort of you know experiences that um that when when a parent passes is suddenly there's so much stuff to do actually <laughs> it's really busy actually which I hadn't you know and actually there's one tune on the album which is about that which is about called communal decisions which is To me, it's like how everyone in my family is kind of like sort of navigating each other and supporting each other, you know, around that time, which is which I was really grateful for because those times can sometimes be very difficult. As a family, we really sort of pulled together. one of 10 kids, right? You, you have nine siblings. Did it feel like you were kind of documenting for everyone that was just like your process and how did they react to, to this music? Did it feel accurate to what they were going through or is it very specific to you? Would you say that it's it's also a diary for, for your family in general to just like remember this moment of your life? I think the making of that album, yeah. The writing of it and the stuff was more for me, but then the actual making of the album, I felt like, was, was also for my family and for my, you know, because before that, in the sort of week before he passed, my dad was always talking about how he loved the piano being played in the house. And my parents used to have parties sometimes, and they used to absolutely used to love it if musicians would come around and jam. That was like, they get so excited. So, and he was talking. And actually, before I was trying to get um, Andy Shepherd and Michelle Benita to come up to Aberdeen and, and we would play for it. Him, but um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But wasn't enough time to make that happen. And that was the house that I was, that I was the only house that I knew growing up. And I knew that we weren't going to be able to keep it. So I felt like having a musical memory of the house, I thought, would be yeah. It was, it was also for my brothers and sisters and to have that memory of the sound of the house because everyone you know was used to hearing the piano and played in the house. So that was a given for you to record it there. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, but it just made sense to record it there. It felt like the right. And the piano was actually my grandfather's piano. So also that. So yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> just, that was what my instinct was, was to do that. How do you want the listener to feel after listening to this music? Because for me, there's something extremely comforting, extremely warm. And I know it's a short diary of a loss, but it's also full of hope, full of love, 
almost reassuring about death in a way, if I may say so. There, there's something that says it's going to be okay no matter what. Is it something that seems right to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly that. If that's what he got from it, that's, that's what I wanted to share. Yeah, because I guess that's what it was for me at the time, writing it as a way of comforting myself. And I wanted to share that, you know, with other people rather than it being a morbid thing or something. No, of course. And I, it was about that, yeah. Because at first I wasn't, I was, the reason I called it a short diary and then I put in brackets and was that I kind of felt like it's not, that's not kind of what I wanted the focus I mean, although that is the focus, but it's not what, you know, I wasn't trying to make people feel, feel bad. <laughs> I mean, sad. that's not. Absolutely. There's something really just like, it's a warm hug, <laughs> really. I guess that it's one of the most intimate projects that you ever put out. But do you feel like for what you've been writing in the past, for the music that you've been writing throughout your career, you've always been transparent in yourself or was it more of a facade? Do you feel like it's another Seb writing this music uh, than the rest of your career? It was different in in a sense because it, when I think about it, like loss, this is kind of always been a part of my music. Like every piece of music, I can hear my mom, you know, in my music, I can always hear that element in my music. But this was much more specific in a way because it was yeah I guess it was more focused but, I, but I've I think I always write music from that place obviously I'm influenced by music that I listen to beats and whatever you know in my in my previous music but I feel like this music didn't have that element at all I wasn't really thinking about the outside world at all I was just thinking about being there you know even to the point where I was sort of you know because there's some tracks that I don't even play on And I was thinking, you know, is this okay for me to make an album and not actually play on some of the tunes? And I was like, yeah, that's how, what I want it to be. That's okay. You know, there are no rules in that sense. You played punk music and you played with pop stars and then you played like very, very different types of um, musical projects and musical personalities. And can, can you tell me how uh, did jazz uh, come into your life? Um, I think from my mom. My mom absolutely loved, she adored jazz. And she played it to me from a kid. And she'd like playing the Levens of Paul Motion and she'd be like, Listen to that, Tommy. She'd be like, listen to him. So I'd really sit there and listen. I didn't really. And she'd say, oh, this is that tune. I'd be like, really? I don't recognize that tune. You know, when they were playing a standard or a tune that I might know. And, and at first, I couldn't make sense of it in a way. I could make the drumming, but harmonically. So it was something that was always there when I was a kid growing up. So just specific music feels like Bill Evans Trio or Keith Jarrett or Nina Simone, that music feels like home to me. In a, not in a, I'm not trying to claim the music, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's, you know, if, if from, you know, but for me, it's got a very special, it's got a different meaning than other music for me because it was so important to my mom, you know, and her. And then I found it actually from her friend years after she passed that her dream is for one of her children to be a jazz musician or to play jazz, which I didn't actually know. So I think it was always around, but because I'm such a, I'm such a 
big family and, and it's also my mom is from India and my dad is from England and so I've grown up in this kind of environment where there's lots of influences and all my brothers and sisters love music but they're all into very different so I grew up around quite you know and they were quite into some sort of subgenres like you know psychobilly or like my brother was into goth music and then my other brother was into psychedelic music my other sister was a biker so to me playing with different people is is natural I mean, feels normal because that's kind of the environment that I grew up in I guess and I just you know being grateful that I only play with people that I love their music it's never a job for me in that sense of course so talk to me about kids <laughs> how, how, um, yeah. what, what's the story I met Kit just from being in London and he was he decked in this band that I used to play in and that's how I met him and then maybe like eight years ago or something we used to be used to play in duo together and we actually decided not to make an album of our music but we used to we play quite a few gigs and we didn't decide to but then we kind of stopped playing for a bit and I just love his playing thing it's just and the tone because I've grew up I grew up with a lot of piano around me like mum was super into Bill Evans and Keith Jarrett and my dad was really into Glenn Gould so I sort of grew up listening so I'm very it's always been a very important instrument to me and the tone of the piano and I feel like Kit's tone it fascinates me actually it's you know about how piano different piano players can make the same piano to sound so totally different but I just every time I've heard Kit play he always moves me when I've been to see him play and because of this situation of what I was you know, asking him to come up to Aberdeen, you know, just, you know, it was quite an intense thing to ask someone to do. There wasn't really anyone else that I, that I thought of asking really, because it's just because I, I know him, I, I love him as a person and just, there wasn't any sort of question in my mind that he would be the person that I would ask. So did you think of him when you when you were writing or, or that came after and you were like, oh, maybe I can record it and it should be done. Yeah, at that point, I wasn't thinking that it was going to be an album. I was just writing the music that was coming. And I think also that another inspiration is because my dad was talking so much about music being played in the house just before he danced. I just thought that would be a way, a good way to, to make tribute to him. So you invited him to Aberdeen. Uh, you set up hicks around the house. You just went for it. Like, how how long did it take? What was the vibe while recording? Uh, well, actually, I asked Alex. Bonnie came up to Aberdeen and recorded it. So we recorded it with a mixture of I had. I went to London and I picked up some of my own. I've got like more vintage stuff, and so it was like a more. It was like a combination of my stuff and Alex's stuff. And Alex came the day before and then, and it was like, the weather was like crazy the day Kit came and he almost never made it because all the trains and stuff were being stopped and there was so much snow and it was amazing. Yeah, I was totally amazed that he actually managed to, to make it. And then, so he arrived in the afternoon and then by the next evening, we'd finished the whole album. It just seemed really easy to play. It was just like he, we did speak about dynamic things and the piano is a barless piano which means that um, there's more strings that go on top of each other. And it, it serves a kind of sympathetic string. And like I said, dark kind of has. And I love that quality about that piano. So so I was, I was saying to him, you know, really just pedal, you know, just keep it down, you know, really play with that sort of, and then dynamically keeping it in a certain tone well. 
I didn't want to restrict him, but if I just felt like I needed to stay in the feeling, I felt like the feeling was lost of, of what my intention was. So we did speak about that. And then, then on the last night, I played some of the tunes for my sisters. And then we had some fit, we had some dinner, I made some food. And then, and then about 11 or 12 at night, we were like, we'd had a little bit of drink probably as well. And I, I never normally, I never drink if I'm playing before I play. It was like, oh, let's play your dance tune. He said, I feel like I know, because we were going to record the next morning that we had another day. But he was like, I just feel like this is, this is the time. So we, we ended up recording the last tune, like really late at night with two of my sisters in the room. And that was the tune that my dad drew. When you recorded, were you thinking, oh, this, this could be an ECM? project or because because you knew Manfredaja you knew ECM because Andy Shepard mainly so you recorded uh, on ECM albums in the past when did ECM come to the table well I just I didn't think I just recorded that album first and then so uh, you know I just you know I do things that way quite often you know I just make the music and then and in a similar way to what I was saying about Kit you know When I, after I made that album, I was like, Manfred was the, because of the nature of that album. And I felt like I needed a, a, a sensitivity in some way to, to what it was about. And I, I just felt like I couldn't, Manfred was the only person I could think of that I felt like would have that kind of sensitivity to it. Not that I, you know, I'm not, I don't mean that against anyone else, but there wasn't anyone. So I didn't even send the album to anyone else. And I thought I'll just wait. And it took, you know, took a little, little bit of time to get to hear whether that you know Manfred wanted to do it and but I just felt like also because the next album I thought I need to be patient I don't want to put any kind of like forcing or trying to push this through you know I want it to be in the world whatever way is it's meant to be and I sent it to Manfred and he when he wrote back I was just like okay I was like he completely understands this you know so I was you know and it, so in a way even though ECM is such a sort of legendary label and he's, you know, he's such a inspiring poet. Like my experience of him is, I find him so inspiring in the recording process and just the way he thinks about music and he would just say things to me when I was recording with Andy, they would just give me some pictures in my mind. They would just, I just thought it was beautiful the way he would always guide me. So I felt like this is what I wanted to surround the music, you know. And the mix he did, I just, when he sent me the mixes, I felt I could totally trust him and what he said to me. You know, in some ways, I think it was, I wanted him to mix it without me because I felt so close to it. But when I heard it, when he sent me the mixes and I listened to it the first time, I was just like, it was like I hadn't, I'd never heard it before. And I hadn't like realized, it was like he was showing me what he was like, oh, this is what, this is what you made, by the way, do you know what I mean? But it's, but it's, It was so perfect for me. I didn't have any comments at all. I just, I was just like, yeah, that's perfect, you know, for what, for the feeling that I 
was trying to get across. He's a very holistic producer, you know, he knows about everything. Because that word could mean quite a lot of different things. I think for me, he's, he's the producer in the sense of he understands everything about the music, you know. He understands all the processes, you know, and is a musician as well. You know. Bratchford about his new ECM record, A Short Diary. Thank you for joining, choosing, and listening to our ECM podcasts. I'm Caroline Fontaineux, and I look forward to sharing more music with you in the next episode.